You're listening to Dramas Over Flowers with Saya, Anissa, and Boroma. Happy December! It's Anissa, and I can't believe the year is almost over. This episode is brought to you by our lovely patrons. If you're a Sunbay patron, please note that you now get an exclusive edition of some episodes in their slightly less edited glory. If you're a Mangne or a Hubei patron, do check the Patreon page. We're creating some new content for you and we would love to get your feedback. And y'all know that it's that time of year when we make excruciating decisions about which dramas we loved the most, publish them for posterity, and regret them in the coming weeks. Yay! And this year, we're mixing it up with our annual Goguma Awards because the winners will be chosen by you, our discerning listeners. Click the link in the episode description to vote in our extremely serious, very official categories. We'll announce the winners in our mammoth year-end yak. And finally, this episode is also sponsored by the good folks at Rakuten Kobo who are giving our listeners a free 30-day trial to Kobo Plus, an all-you-can-read subscription to their catalog of over 6 million ebooks. No matter which genre you like, Kobo Plus will have a book that you would want to add to your bookshelf right now. You can also access your library anywhere with the free Kobo app for iOS or Android, or on any Kobo e-reader. Check our show notes for the link and to see if the offer is available in your country. And with that, let's get to If You Wish Upon Me. I'm Anissa. And I'm Borma. And welcome to a Convince Me to Watch This episode. So what are you convincing me to watch, Anissa? So I finished, recently finished um, If You Wish Upon Me, starring uh, Ji Chang-wook and Che Se-young as the leads. And you've watched a little bit of this, right? I watched uh, the first episode and a half and I really liked it, but it also immediately felt like a heavy watch. So I paused it at that time. So Mm. should I continue? (laughs) Yeah. So it's been a couple of weeks since I finished this. So like my really strong detailed impressions of it have faded a little bit, but I do think that this is a healing drama. Like what I was thinking about as I was watching it is like, You know, a lot of times people talk about healing dramas and they generally mean um, like they're generally referring to these like very sweet, lighthearted, kind of full of beautiful scenery and kind of like nice people. And that's not really what this is, but I think this is a healing drama in a different way and maybe like a more profound way because it's literally about healing from trauma, dealing with, you know, death and the end of your life, regrets. And, you know, like it's very, it handles all that very well, I think. And it does deal with like really dark topics, but it does it with a lot of gentleness and a lot of empathy and a lot of thoughtfulness, in my opinion. Um, The pace is a little bit on the slower side, but I think that works for this show. Like I, I remember I recommended it to my mom and she was watching it, but she was like, it's very slow. And I was like, okay, well, why don't you watch it at a faster speed? Which is, I think, what she ended up doing which is so funny but like I think what really worked for me was that central performance of Ji Chang-wook and his character I think one of the things that struck me almost immediately when I started is like he is so 
good here in a way and like engaging in a way that I haven't seen him in a really long time. Like I know he's been continuously working, but I don't think that I've loved him this much in a role probably since Healer. I just think that like his best roles and like he's also been doing youth empty, right? And that this part of him comes through in that too. There's this like very, I don't want to say naive, but there's like an earnestness and yeah. a genuine and kind of like a goofiness, like a hodangness that comes through in his roles sometimes. And I think like when he's allowed to do that, those are the roles that he really shines the most. Yeah. And like, it's not that he's not a good actor. He's a very good actor he, and he can be very good. in like, he's, he's one of those actors that can like do whatever you ask of him. But I find his roles, like, for example, in Suspicious Partner, when he's asked to be this like super slick, smooth, yeah. extremely capable, um, very suave kind of male lead, it takes away a significant percentage of like what makes him so charming on screen to watch. And so like, it's not that he can't do it. He can. But I'm just like, oh, I w I've seen so much more from you. And, and here you really get that, you know, to give you like a little bit of premise if you haven't seen it. So he is at the beginning of this drama. He's like just being released from prison. Um, he was in there on an arson charge. Mm -hmm. And you find out more about like what the backstory of that was, why he was in prison, what exactly happened that night when that like apartment that we, he was in went on fire. Yeah. But he's been assigned to community service. And what happens is right after he gets out of jail on parole, the reason he gets assigned community service is like he gets into this accident with an ambulance. And the driver of that ambulance is this hospice supervisor played by Sung Nong Il. And Che Seung is also in the car with him. And what they do, they're like sort of the main leaders of this group called Team Genie at this yeah. hospice. Um, and basically what they do is like in their own free time, apart from their actual paid jobs there, like she's a nurse, he's the supervisor. They just like make the like the final wishes of these dying patients come true. Mm -hmm. And like, there's a significant portion of the hospital staff where like, you're wasting your time, like, just do your job. Like, why are you, you know, doing all this? Like maybe the, the patients are even like, it's it's hard for them, like you shouldn't do this, but that's what they do. So he, Sung Nong Il decides that he's gonna kind of like adopt this kid, basically. <laughs> or like he wants to help this kid. So he actually goes to his sentencing hearing. Um, and when he's assigned community service, he like talks to the judge and is like, you should assign him here, which is how he ends up being assigned to this hospice for his community service. And then so after that, you just see the story of like, how this person who is who has had a really rough childhood and doesn't trust anyone and doesn't like to get close to anyone because he's been hurt so much how they kind of this group of people at this hospice who are basically like an extended family yeah. slowly break down his walls and bring them into their little family and then you see all these sort of like um patient of the week stories where people deal with you know whatever their last request is, whether it has to do with a regret or a person that they've lost touch with, or, you know, something that happened to them, like a dream that they didn't get to fulfill that kind of stuff. Like you see those stories. And I think like, for the most part, they're very moving. Um, and a lot of them also intersect with like the lives of the people who work at the hospice and you get to know them. And it's just a really great ensemble drama. And there are some like very dark aspects of this show. But I think like because it deals with it, like I said, in a very gentle and like beautiful way, it wasn't too, I didn't find it too heavy of a watch, although I did cry a lot. 
Yeah. I don't want to give spoilers, which is why I'm keeping it very general, but like no, really, no, no. I really I, I loved. get it. Is is it is for instance, um earlier this year, tomorrow made me cry a lot uh in in some of its episodes and the, I did not expect that uh kind of a show to like get to me to that level I, it, and this kind of felt like it might make me cry like that again <laughs> even though the tone is so different um and there are no fantastical elements but it's so nice to see Ji Chang-wook in a role where he he seems comfortable portraying the character like he it's like it's a loose fit on him and he's comfortable in it Hmm. He's he's lived in the world. You can see that. He's not dumb at all. But he's not this shiny thing where he's unbeatable. And I, I just really, really like this version of Ji Chang-wook. I saw a bit of a glimpse of this in Love Struck in the City. But I don't think Ji Chang-wook should play characters where his biggest woe is sort of like uh, losing in love. Because I know that the theater actor in him can probably pull that out. But I just, I really think as amazing as he is in romantic scenes, he does, a, like his his bouquet is is more beautiful when he, he pulls from other emotions and not just like love loan, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, sentiments. And, and his romance with Young in this is really great. And her character is also really great. She's a nurse. One of the things that she does is she's always working out on the rooftop. And in the beginning, you're like, okay, a nurse who likes to work out, that's a, I guess that's a quirky <laughs> that's a detail. Um, but then you find out later that the reason that she's constantly working out is because she wants to be able to like lift her patients and carry them, you know? Aww. And so like, there's this, she's an extremely like deep down good person, but she's also like very feisty and not in an annoying way. Like she's perky and like, like Soyoung has that quality, right? Like she is so likable and she brings that to this. She doesn't get to do as much as Ji Chang-wook. Like it's his story and it centers around him and his, um, you know, his very, like he grows up in an orphanage. So there's, you know, there's child abuse in his background. There's, yeah. there's a lot of mentions of like suicide and abandonment, um, animal abuse. Like there is a lot of stuff that it talks about, yeah. you know, like terrible parents, but she is sort of this shining light in the cast that it's not that she exists only to make other people happy, but like the kind of person that she is and the way that she's like able to love other people, it helps him to understand that possibility when all of the love that he's ever gotten in his life has come with conditions. Yeah. And so like seeing them slowly move towards each other it's not really just about the romance. It's more about like her showing him like, this is a different way that you could live. Here's a way that you could actually live. Because in the beginning of the drama, he's finished with living. He's not interested in living anymore. But not just her, but like all the people that he meets at the hospice show him like a different way that he could live his life and a way that he could be connected with people, which like was something that he'd given up on. So all he had was his connection with his dog. Yeah, Adil. Oh my god. Yeah, Adil. It was like his dog is dying. So just like go oh. into that with, you know, your yeah. preparation for that. But like the way they also deal with his story yeah. is so beautiful. Like the way that they deal with the, the dog and like how how he says goodbye. Like it's just it's really beautiful. 
So um, yeah. don't drop it because the dog is dying. I know that's like no, one of your no, things. I, I, no, but you know what? Recently, I was thinking this. I was watching a, a bit of a digression, uh, listeners. <laughs> um, I was watching The Law Cafe and I am totally going to spoil this tiny thing for you guys. There is a dog in the, like somewhere in the vicinity of the characters uh, really just likes um, Isungi's character, just hovers around uh, him, uh, gets killed in, around the episode, like fourth episode or so. In a way that is just so pointless, because technically, on paper, that was supposed to be one of the motivating factors for the cast of characters to go after these evil villainous corporations that they were already going after anyway. But in execution, they didn't really show the characters being very affectionate towards or attached to the dog to begin with. And when the dog was dead... Um, our main couple were more busy with each other. Like, uh, you know, like the, the male lead was taking care of the female lead because, you know, she had just fainted. And it's like it became like a transition to a romantic moment. And the next day, it, it was just not a motivating factor. So my point is, you killed a dog. I hate that. I hate that in any story. But you killed a dog pointlessly. Why do you, why, like... <sighs> I, I know they sometimes do that with human characters too, but I think it's just done more with mm. animal characters for some reason because it's like a cheap trick to get like an emotional payoff immediately. Look, yeah. the stakes are so high, a dog died. Oh, and the worst part is that uh, the villain character cackles to his henchmen that all dogs are innocent, you shouldn't have killed one. Almost like they are dissing the part of the audience who would immediately be like, why did you kill the dog? <laughs> And I just got so mad because like, why do it that way? This, though, is a totally different thing. I could see it coming from the first episode and I was already invested because, dude, he loves the dog so much. Like, And the dog has, you know, other, he has his own backstory. He has like, he is a character that everybody like talks to and like, like oh. he has opinions. Like, it's very... It's very well done. He is a fully realized character. The only thing is that he can't talk, but like it, yeah. it doesn't, you know. So there are like things that happen later on that I won't spoil. But mm. basically what I really enjoyed about this was it really takes head on. And I think this is I mean, I haven't seen tomorrow, but like from your descriptions of it, it really tackles with this like, OK, so what if you have the opportunity at the end of your life? If you have some time, you know, if you know that death is coming, how are you going to deal with that coming death and also the life that you've lived? And how do you, you know, is there forgiveness? Like, can anything be forgiven or are some things not able to be forgiven? Can everything be healed or do you have to like leave without reconciling some things? And it really like discusses death in a way that I thought was really very thoughtful and very, um, very healing, as I said before. And I think like, I know Move to Heaven last year was a show that really worked for a lot of people. Mm. For me, I didn't find it that engaging. And I think what's different to me about this one, even though it's like similar in a lot of ways, is you get that moment before the person passes away. And it's not. I mean, I think what what it what I felt like I missed with Move to Heaven is like they were dealing with the things that that person left behind yeah. Um, and I understand that it can be very difficult to deal with what is left behind when someone passes away. But I liked in this show, I liked that 
you had that person's voice and their, you know, their dreams and their regrets and that, and that the, and, and of course, like not everybody gets a chance, right? Like some people die so quickly and a lot, most of the time it's unexpected. So you don't yeah. get a chance to re- deal with that. But I liked how this did give you that space. And it also gives us, it is also dealing with like this environment of a hospice where like, it is a place where people come mm to you know say goodbye to so many things but it wasn't like a it didn't ignore like the dark and difficult aspects of that right like there are caregiver characters in this who are really having a hard time and like it doesn't paint this rosy picture of like oh if your family member is is in that situation you're just going to be like the saint who's never going to struggle and you're always going to be totally fine and that's not how it works you know yeah. Caregivers, they break down, they have, they really struggle. People say things that they regret later. So like, it doesn't shy away from any of that difficult stuff, but it has a lot of love in the way that everything is portrayed. And so I think that for that reason, it really worked for me. That that sounds pretty convincing, dude. Um, the last time I saw a story that showed any aspect of like, a caregiver's mentality, um, not mentality, like psychology, is uh, it's okay to not be okay, like just briefly. Mm. And I appreciated that because the main lead, who was the actor? I keep forgetting his name. Um, Kim Soo-hyun? Kim Soo-hyun. Uh, Kim Soo-hyun's, that whole thing where he was like, I cannot feel angry. I cannot show my you know, frustrations. I cannot, like he suppressed so much of himself because he was already a caregiver to his brother. And he was also professionally a caregiver, but every human being has a boiling point. Every human being needs to express their feelings. And I just really found it interesting that it usually shows don't go there with caregivers. Like we know how hospital playlist was generally like, all doctors are amazingly happy serving 50 hours a day. I don't just I and and nurses are just like fairies doing their work in the background and just I mean, yeah. I love hospital playlist. I'm not dissing it. I'm just saying that that is usually how these things are portrayed. And either that or doctors are busy uh, figuring out corporate corruption while I don't know who's saving the patients. Um, so, so this is really, this is really nice. This, yeah. this sounds I mean, the, the doctor was like the least important character in this, <laughs> which was kind of funny to me. Like he was there and he wasn't really too excited about the whole Team Genie thing. He was like, "What? why are you guys wasting time and money on this? Um, he also was like a very insignificant kind of second lead who really didn't matter. Oh. There is one There is one thing that, I mean, literally like she never had any feelings for him. So he was just kind of there. But there was a later plot line that has to do with Ji Chang-wook's father. I don't want to spoil anything, but there is like this creepy thing that's happening in an upstairs room of the hospital. And it's like, I think that it worked ultimately, but it was weirdly dragged out. Um, So that was, that could have been less involved in how dragged out it was. But like, it wasn't really something that bothered me too much, honestly. Like, I wasn't upset about it. I was just like, okay, this is going on for a bit. Um, I think that's also down to just the charming performances from all the actors. Like none of them were boring. They all did such an amazing job. It was a real, like it's a true ensemble drama. Yeah. Um, and you know, Sung Dong Il, I haven't talked much about him because I don't want to give spoilers, but like 
I mean, is it a spoiler to say that he basically becomes like a surrogate dad to no, Jay I, I think that. we all see that coming, right? I mean, it's so beautiful. It's just, I just love it. And you will cry. You will cry Aww. so much. So if you're ready to cry and then feel very satisfied, I, I would recommend see, it. See, I am ready to cry if the drama doesn't end with me just rage throwing my shoe at the screen. <laughs> No, it has a good ending. It has a satisfying ending. Okay. Yeah. That, that, that is honestly all I care about. I have one question. like, and, and feel free to not answer if it's too spoilery. I kept seeing uh, these clips of a sister character who was just being evil incarnate. And I'm assuming this is tied to uh, Ji Chang-wook's character's past in some way. And I, on the one hand, it's, it's so dramatic that I'm looking forward to watching and finding out what's going on with that whole thing. On the other hand, it um, there were these moments where um, I think there was this particular scene where I think uh, Chae Soo-yeon's character basically confronts this sister. Um, and it becomes one of those things where Chae Soo-yeon is basically, because Ji Jung-wook's character can't defend himself against mm. this family member. And Chae Soo-yeon uh, steps in to be that like um so it's not exactly a question it's it's i'm just wondering is this one of those dramas where it's like um you're healing from your the scars that your family has left you or is it more focused on getting like you know the family ultimately is your family and you heal each other and you bond together and even if they have done awful things ultimately they're your family like is that because yeah, it doesn't redeem people who don't deserve to be redeemed. Okay. Um, but it does. Like, I don't want to spoil too much, but basically, that sister character is someone who grew up in the orphanage with him, so they have this very painful past together. And there comes a point where he wants to move on and be happy. And her, I mean, she's mentally ill. Like, she doesn't. She can't find a way to emerge from that past and so she's using it as like a way to keep herself going and mm. and it become and it's like it becomes this like really toxic codependent relationship so part of the story in the latter half is about how they can break free from that and what needs to happen for her and him to both break free from that and and then and like find a healthier way to interact with each other so i I hope that's not too spoilery, but like, that's kind of, so I think like there are definitely times where I was like extremely annoyed by her, but I also feel like it's written in a way where you can understand why things happened that the way they happened. Um, and I was pretty satisfied with where the story went eventually. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. She, um, reminded me briefly of the, she's in the trap character, the, um, Sung Kyung's, a character where she was one half of a twin and she was basically like I don't know slowly suffocating her brother to death because she couldn't get over certain things and wouldn't let her brother get past it it kind of seemed yeah. like a similar dynamic it's yeah. a similar dynamic but it's like more complex and traumatic than that which is all I'm gonna say so yeah um, these people are very like they've been through <laughs> a lot of stuff there's a lot of emotional damage and baggage that they have to to work through but I mean, your mileage may vary. You might find it too crazy or too like over the top or too dramatic, but I I enjoyed it and it worked for me. So yeah. no, I like Mark Jung. Um, that's not something that tends to like force me away. The things that uh, the things that I, I I can't deal with often are are more to do with uh you know like 
post redemption of a character who really shouldn't be redeemed or like trying to force chemistry between people who really can't have chemistry and i i'm not really worried about like the latter here at all because the glimpses i had of like scenes between uh shawok and chase young they, they have great so chemistry cute. yeah they were so cute yeah <laughs> i i was like still not completely over her pairing with kangtao but like after a couple of episodes i was like kangtao who <laughs> Teo, who who knows about that boy? I'm I'm over it. Um, no, no, it was it was their their love story was really good. Right. Yeah. And also, I'm really happy that Chase Young is doing these dramas again because her. Uh, I don't know. It, it's not so much that she decided to go into these characters, but like she had a couple of these stories. Like, uh, so I married an anti fan was the one that I absolutely really made me mad. Because that's not the Chase Young that I didn't. I, she should not, she should not be in a story like that. I love her when she's being this like cool girl character who's like, yeah, just very aspirational. And I mean, like, okay, I'm sure nobody wants to be typecast, but that character just works so well for her. Someone who's just like capable, and you know, like everyone wants to be around her, and she's so smart and she's so charming and she, i don't know i just that really works for me with her i agree it does i um okay completely unbelievable because i was just looking at chase young's uh filmography i you remember how uh i i used to i had recap task 38 um police unit 38 uh the sewing so drama so chase young mm. was the female love interest um I, that was the first time i seen chase young I didn't really recognize her when I saw her in Run On um, because she, like these two characters were diametrically opposite in that uh, Jason Yeon in that drama was very staid and like proper and reserved. And this character was, of course, like super dynamic. Mm, interesting. Yeah. And no, so I'm going back and looking at her right now and I'm like, how how did she manage to ever do a character where she just like kept in all of all of herself because Chaseyan seems like one of those characters where if you give her a dialogue, she is going to be like bursting with energy, spilling it out. Yes. Yeah. Oh, if you're if you don't have any ex- more things to talk about yeah, on this drama, I just want I have like one last final thought, and that's like every time I like saw this title or I thought about saying this title, I would always think, "Tell me your wish," <laughs> um, because. Like, if you're not a Girls' Generation fan or someone who's, like, familiar with their, with their work, they had this really popular song back, like, I would say, like, early 2010s, late 2000s called Tell Me Your Wish. Yeah. Like, the Korean title was, like, Sono Vareba, which means Tell Me Tell me Your Wish, but the official English title was Genie. Oh, I heard it! Oh, my God, Yeah, I it was it. so popular, right? It's like, Sono Vareba. Like, it's yeah, so, yeah, yeah. it's very catchy, oh yeah. So every time I think about this title, like, that's where my mind goes first, especially because, like, it's her. And then, all, like, she is, you know, one of the most famous members of SSD, Girls' yeah. Generation. And also, like, they're Team Genie. I mean, there's no way that that's not, like, a deliberate better reference to that song. Now so, that you pointed it out, I, it's so obvious. Like, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, we'll put a link to the YouTube video for that for that yes, music please, video. Please go and in the description. I, I'm not a Girl Generation fan. I don't know much of their work, but this song was one of the earliest uh, uh, K-pop 
music songs that that came to me and i was hooked it's it's on my playlist like the kpop evolving kpop playlist that i have where i occasionally put stuff in and every other month i end up listening to this and it's 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 an yo up truly yeah it's truly an iconic kpop song okay okay so right. i am convinced i i will continue watching this and uh, thank you <laughs> Thank you. I I feel like this was nice. I wanted to talk about it and then like time was passing, so I'm glad you grabbed me for this episode so that I got to like share my feelings Absolutely. because I really did enjoy this show. It wasn't one of those where I'm like, "Oh, it's one of the best dramas of the year. It's unforgettable. It's so high quality in every way." But it's just like one of those that left me with such a good feeling. Like it was good. It yeah. was like very satisfying, like a full meal. I, I I don't think enough dramas give us those anymore. I mean, a lot of K-dramas seem so focused on giving us like really flashy stories with like high production value and I love fantasy but at one point what you're looking for is warmth and comfort and mm-hmm. something that just stays with you like a good feeling and K-dramas used to do that a lot more previously I think not so much these days um and yeah that's a different conversation altogether but I am so glad we got to talk about right. this yeah, it feels yeah. old school in the good ways without having any of the the bad old school things. Yeah. Exactly. And I, you mentioned mukjang before. I wouldn't actually describe this as mukjang because okay. it's not um I think mukjang is like very dramatic plot twists for no reason in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Whereas this has dramatic plot twists but it fits into the overall story. Perfect. All right guys. So, where can they find us? You can find us on Twitter at Dramas Overflow. You can find me on Twitter at Anissa Khalifa underscore. You can find me, Forma, at The Drama Notes. Yes, the handle has changed. You can find Dramas Overflowers on Instagram at Dramas Overflowers underscore. And you can email us at Dramas Overflowers at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook. Just search for Dramas Overflowers and our website where we write interesting articles and fun things is at dramasoverflowers.net and a link to our newsletter is in the description guys we are getting a lot more regular with these like don't worry we won't bombard you but sign up we uh, announce cool things and send you occasionally cool essays and we're and keep an eye out for some end of year fun stuff in the newsletter as well please Oh, all the voting and stuff is going to happen through the newsletter. So please, please, please uh, do keep an eye on that. Yes. And Dramas Over Flowers is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And cut! <laughs> That's a wrap. Bye! Bye. Hi, I'm. I almost said hi, I'm Saya. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>